0: Hey there, what's up? Welcome to another episode of To Dare is Human, a podcast dedicated to stories of grit, determination, persistence, and sometimes plain, hard-nosed stubbornness on the human journey to success. I'm your host, Adam Connor. On today's episode, I'll be talking with Connor Manning, an aspiring YouTube star who, after dropping out of school and while battling depression and substance abuse, has built up a social media presence to over 100,000 followers online. This story hits particularly close to home for me for two reasons. One, I've known Connor for a long, long time. We attended the same schools growing up, acted together, and competed as teammates in our speech and debate endeavors I mentioned in episode one. Two, his foray into YouTube was at one time a joint project. His primary channel, A Con Man, is a synthesis of two names, the con man part for his and a con for mine. So I've seen this journey up close and personal from day one, and it's as inspiring a story as any of a person who simply refuses to let wave after wave of adversity divert him from pursuing his dream. From East Coast to West, Connor has kept grinding over the years to achieve his following and continues to publish content regularly. He's been involved in projects and profiles with the likes of BuzzFeed, MTV, Fusion, and The Verge and continues to be recognized for his insightful commentary. Today, that list is joined by Too Dare Is Human, and I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to know him and chat with him here. Without further ado, here's a Baltimore native turned LA Living, Connor Manning. All right, so we've got Connor Manning on the show today. Uh, Connor, I haven't talked to you in a couple months. How are you, man?
1: I am. I'm good. I'm very good. It has been. It has been a couple months. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been in LA.
0: But every time I get out there, I try to. Uh, I try to say what's up. You're one of two people that I know right now who are out there. Oh uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> so it's just like me, you, and a college buddy. Whenever I'm out there. Nice. Right. <laughs> so you are.
1: Up and coming still? Are we going to call it up and coming? Or are we going to come? I don't, gonna- I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing it for seven years, but like, sure. Like, <laughs>
0: <it's-> <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. I Having been there, so for background uh, listeners, I have known Conning. Uh, C- Conning, Conning that's, that's me. Great start, Adam. Interview master. Dude, this podcast is going to rock it up. It's going to um, rock. Yeah. Connor and I have known each other for for a long, long time Yeah, and started our, I guess, friendship and like school relationship through speech and debate, which if you guys will remember, you heard in episode one talking about it a little bit. Connor was right there from the beginning. We had been to elementary school together, middle school together, didn't really know each other Mm -hmm. super well then, but then as soon as high school kicked up, we both kicked into the speech side of speech and debate um, where we... Participated in similar events. We ultimately ended up participating together on a few things. And I think from there, we both decided that presentation was something we were both passionate about and something we both wanted to pursue. To the point that (laughs) we decided it would be a best use of our talents to take it to YouTube, which of course at the time was nowhere near as well built out as it was now. But it
1: was starting to to get get there, but uh, definitely nowhere near what it is today.
0: Yeah. I mean we were you were still looking at folks who were doing reviews of things on the internet. You look your Ray William Johnson's your Philip DeFranco yeah. and your people like that. And, you know, other than the things going on that were viral at the time, like that's where we thought we could add value. And so we Put our heads together, and actually, you did all the work. I just said, "Okay, this sounds good," but you had well, all the yeah, equipment.
1: You're still the you're still the Acon and the Acon man in my username. So, that's right. Like.
0: That's right. Um, and so, and, and how far, and how far it's been now. I mean, seven seven years since, and now very, very close to a hundred thousand subscribers. But I want to yeah. I want to go back before we before we talk about that because that's been that's been awesome to watch because I've been watching it since the beginning. But let's go back. To when you first started this out, because you know at the time you were in school, you had an idea of what you may want to do, uh, mm-hmm. you were looking towards speech and debate as something you wanted to do after high school when we graduated, and starting up YouTube wasn't the easiest at first
1: no it it, it wasn't actually i well, I had been sort of like uh like you knew now we'd been like really kind of starting to watch people on YouTube in like t- late 2009 ish. And I was just like, you You recall, you were there with me. <laughs> Being in high school, you think you're invincible. You think everything you do is the best thing that's ever been done. I don't know if that's everybody, but that was me. And so I had a thought. I was like, oh, I could do this. And it was just very nonchalant. Like, I, I could do this. And I immediately thought, I'm going to be the best that there ever was on this thing. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be so good at this. And yeah, so I was just, I, we had a huge snowstorm in February 2010, I don't know if you recall, Snowpocalypse. Oh, the Snowpocalypse, uh, yes, of course, how can Yes, I yeah, so I was snowed in, and I was like, might as well just start this thing, because I had gotten my little camera for, for Christmas that year. I still had that camera somewhere. And I was like, you know what, why, why not just do this? It took me 18 hours to make my first video on my YouTube channel. Oh my And God. it is so bad, but it is still up there, still public, and uh, it's the start of this whole thing. And I wasn't one of those people who... Uh, a lot of people that I know, they like hit it from, uh, from like their friend circles. I like showed it to everyone. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this is look at this thing that I'm doing. Like, look at how good I am at this thing. And people were just like, what, are you- <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what yeah, is this? Right. But I was just so in it and I was having so much fun. And I sometimes miss just how much fun I had with it. I had no idea what I was doing. I, uh, I was making videos to like 50 people and, uh, and I was just having a blast doing it. And, um, Yeah, and that was where it all started.
0: Yeah, well, I've I certainly am no stranger to self-promotion now, just being very early on in this podcast. I mean, very, very early on, but just the commitment to that, even before fielding the comments from the public, which for me luckily yeah. so far have been fine, but you know, it's not always the case, especially on YouTube, a public forum, on which even to this day you're yeah. getting comments that in most cases are wholesome and helpful, but in some yeah. cases are just completely destructive and have no value in yeah. that regard whatsoever.
1: I'm super lucky actually and that you know i'm like spoiled you know most of my uh my comment sections are just wonderful and uh, and amazing and it's just this incredibly validating experience the the exception comes ironically when a video does really well because uh because that's when you're reaching people who don't normally watch you and when you reach people who don't normally watch you you're outside of the bubble and you're more likely to get people who um who don't necessarily understand or have the context to understand why you've done it the way you've done it and uh, i had a video recently that. It's now my second most viewed video ever and it's just like it's incredible because it's such a personal video it's uh it's about addiction and substance abuse it's over two hundred thousand views now which is insane incredible but there's a lot of people in that comment section being ugly and i and it's weird because i've been doing this for seven years i'm still not used to it when that happens although really funny you, you definitely remember this uh a couple months into it we're at nationals for speech and a video of mine is getting raided by 4chan i don't know if you recall that whole shindig, but that was a uh, that was a super fun time. That was like a couple months in. Kind of got that out of the way for me. Being like, okay, so this is negative comments. This is what this is like.
0: Right. It can be a crude public, and especially oh, yeah. when done in mass like that, and especially you know at that age we were impressionable enough. Whereas like, oh wow, people don't like me. It can be a real detractor.
1: Yeah. No. I uh, and a lot of what I make is so very connected to me as a person. So it is really really hard not to take that personally. But yeah, that's part of it. That's part of making art. It's part of putting anything out there is um, is listening to when it's not received so well and trying to find the balance between what is constructive and what is something you can actually use to improve yourself and improve your craft. Or, you know, what to uh, kind of filter out as sort of just noise. And there's a lot of noise out there.
0: There certainly is. In talking about your your journey and wading through the noise and, you know, especially as it relates to, in fact, maybe we'll touch even on the subject of your now second most viewed video, speech and debate was a great thing for you and I both in high school and moving on to college. That was something that you had fully intended on doing and that ended mm-hmm. up, and you can explain it for yourself, but it ended up getting in the way in a lot of ways of both your content creation career and your personal life and personal motivations and i'll leave you to discuss it but yeah uh, i think ultimately we'd like to hear a little bit about that but then also how you how you eventually came out of it and what it meant for you on the other side of schooling which then led to your big big dare i guess we can call it which i'll talk about a little later
1: Mm -hmm. yeah well i spent most of high school trying to uh to go to one college and uh, and do a speech there. Like I had, uh, I had gone to one of their speech camps in the summer and I was like, okay, hey, that's what I wanna do. Cause uh, I'm the kind of person who, uh, when I get a goal, when I get a, a, a desire, I generally stick to it regardless of what's happening because uh, number one, it's easier, number two, I'm just really arrogant. <laughs> and yeah, so I spent all of high school doing that. And then midway through high school, I start doing the YouTube stuff. I fall in love with the YouTube community and uh, more so into kind of my senior year of high school, that starts becoming something that's actually a tangible thing in my life. And so I am kind of faced with like a split decision of where I want to put my energy. And uh, and I still went to that school that I, that I worked very hard to get to. I still went there and it was something that I, I really wanted to do. I really wanted to dive in and do it. I was anticipating going to a place that would... Um, cultivate my creativity and my natural talents and try and like polish them so that I could then take them out to the rest of the world and and do big things with them because I didn't really know what exactly I wanted to do at that point with my life but I knew that I wanted to make things and I knew that I wanted to to share and to to be vulnerable and perform and all that stuff I knew I wanted to do that I just didn't know what the shape of that was and I went there and the environment uh, long longest story short was incredibly toxic for me and I had had some clinical depression and mental health issues start to kind of manifest themselves during my senior year of high school. And when I went away to college, they all just got completely exacerbated because I, you know, got into drugs. I got into just um, I was miserable, basically. And so I looked for any and every escape possible to try and numb myself so that I can continue to convince myself that this dream that I had set out for myself, that this desire, this dream, this this one school that I wanted to go to, I could still make it work even though I was absolutely miserable. And um, and obviously, that's not a successful formula. That entire year, I kind of wasted away to nothing. I stopped making videos basically altogether. I probably made about like seven to ten videos throughout that entire year that I was at uh, school. And, um, and yeah, so it just... It was something that that was like twofold, because obviously, objectively, what was going on in my immediate life was was not great. But then, you know, the YouTube stuff that I had genuinely fallen in love with just sort of fell to the back burner because uh, it was outwardly discouraged in the environment that I was. It was uh, misunderstood. And like, I look back on it objectively and like, yes, the stuff I was making was not great, but it was just completely unreasonable that I should have been made to feel... um, embarrassed or guilty about something that brought me genuine joy so I, I went a year basically without really participating on the YouTube community just sort of passively examining it from the outside and then eventually I, I made the decision that I wasn't going to be coming back to that school I was going to be going home and that summer I, uh, I had planned because again like YouTube is still something I, I wanted something I still enjoyed uh, and so I, I went to that summer in 2012 I went to VidCon uh, out here in California, actually, and it was uh, it was at that VidCon I was still using, and I was I was completely wasted the entire weekend. But there, I was re- I was reminded of what it was that I loved so much about YouTube, and and I felt like I genuinely belonged to something, and uh, and I wanted to belong more to it. And so uh, the following year, I started really really going at it. I, uh, I got myself clean, sober. I was in rehab. I, I was really working on myself. I eventually dropped out of school entirely with the desire to move to LA to create and make uh, either on the YouTube space or beyond. And yeah, I just started grinding. And then here we are uh, like four years later and I'm out here and I'm doing it. So it's nice.
0: Yeah, and, and hinting to the big dare I was uh, to mention, but uh, just to go back for a second, you know, talk a little bit about that uh, decision to leave school, because not only was that you know a choice to exit a toxic environment that you so described, um, and not only was it walking away from something that you thought you wanted back at the end of high school when you went to enter college, but beyond that, you entered not only a sphere of somebody who's being an artist and creating content, but leaving yourself vulnerable to the perhaps misguided stigma that if you don't go to college and don't graduate from college, uh, you know, you are already a step behind. And in the world of art, we know that's not the case. In fact, in many cases, people who drop out of school end up performing better than folks because they are so driven to do so. But at first, that must have been a scary prospect, uh, if not for you, for your parents.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I grew up with a very traditional path sort of in mind. I had a a, a preconceived vision as to what my life was going to kind of look like and feel like and and the path I was going to take. But honestly, like I had left my dream school. I was completely disillusioned with the idea of uh, education. I associated it very negatively uh, psychologically, regardless of of where it was, just the classroom of it. And that started, honestly, in high school. Near the end of my senior year, I just started to, um, to just have some deep, deep, uh, just completely co- within myself anxiety about traditional education. And I started performing poorly in school, even in high school. And I sort of like allowed my sort of, I, I, I loaded my academic quality on the front end of my high school career so that I could kind of coast out because I was just so stressed out about it. And that continued into college, obviously. But for me, I, I felt very out of control of my entire life. I felt that I was being put on someone else's path. I felt that the road that I was walking was not a road that I wanted. It was not a road that I felt fulfilled in, and I did not see where that road led. I had no idea what I wanted out of that path, and uh, and that scared me so much. It scared me so much that I could not go to class. Not that I was not un- unable to do the work and do all that kind of stuff. It's just that I, something innate in me could not do it. I like could not bring myself to do it. And, uh, and then, of course, you start failing classes and that stresses you out even more. <laughs> and, and then it becomes like a vicious cycle.
0: Right.
1: So I left I left uh, my my dream school, I left that, went home. And my parents, they, they were like, well, you have to be in school. So I went to a semester of community college. And uh, throughout this time, I was doing the the inpatient rehab program for for substance abuse. I was in early, early sobriety and all that stuff. And I was focusing on that. And all the while I was making YouTube videos consistently twice a week for the first time in a while. And I was in these classes and the same thing was happening. I I was obviously a happier person and I was working on my life, but I still just could not do school. I couldn't do it. And I was miserable. And in every session that I had in these group therapy sessions when I was in, in this program, my main issue for months was how do I tell my family that I don't want to be in school anymore? That I am miserable in school. And it took a while. And then it was actually just about four years ago to the day I had a conversation with my family. I kind of laid it out there because in my mind, I looked at it, I was like walking this road that I had no idea where it led. I was unhappy on it. And then I looked to the side and I saw this kind of like unpaved, really janky looking, like dirt road or whatever. And I saw where that led. I like saw the end of it and I was like, yes, it's not pretty. It's going to be a mess getting through that thing. But, but that's, that's what's I'm drawn to that because I'm making these videos on YouTube again and I'm feeling so empowered by it. My channel's growing. I, I feel creatively fulfilled for the first time in a very long time and on a level that I had never reached before. So I had a conversation with, with my mom and it was honestly one of the worst nights I've ever had in my life because it was just, uh, it was a fight. It was a fight with um with the most important person in my life being my mom. It was a fight with somebody who I knew just wanted what was best for me. Uh a fight with someone who had just sort of watched sort of me at my worst. And uh and she was so scared for me. And uh, and I was scared too, but um but it was a fear that I wanted to embrace and sort of dive into and see where it led. So I had that conversation she was very upset. She was like, "Well, you're getting a job, obviously," and and for a while there, it was not a good relationship with my family. But um, I had to kind of build that trust up from the ground up, and that's sort of allegorical to my entire life because uh, I've chosen a path that is slower, that is that requires much more diligence and uh, and a lot of patience, and and uh, just building it slowly. And now I, you know, my relationship with my mom is incredible, and uh, and when I left, she was just like so ready and proud. And, uh, and it was just, uh, it was nice. It was nice. So, um, yeah, leaving school, it, um, it was a scary conversation and decision and obviously in the obvious ways, but honestly, I look back on it and, uh, and the moment that I stopped going to school, I was much more at ease with my life because I saw the path that I was going to take. I saw the steps that I needed to To step in order to get to where I wanted to get and I saw the future whereas in school in that traditional path where most people feel you know safer and nicer I I did not feel that I just felt scared I was like I don't know what I do with this what do I I don't know what to do with this so um so yeah like obviously it is a it is a big decision but it was one that just logically if I look at it just analytically for me made more sense and that was kind of hard to come to terms with because obviously it's it's a risk but everything's a risk. And I've just, I've learned to kind of embrace the risks when they feel right. And one that did feel right, shortly after
0: having these conversations, you leave school, you start a job at home, you have that comfort. And sure, the family relationship might have been strained for a while, but that improved over time. And during that time in which it was improving, and during that time when you realized there needed to be another change, you picked up everything and you drove across the country. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I uh, I got a job working at the National Aquarium of Baltimore, uh, one of my favorite places on the planet, and uh, and I was working there for about like two and a half years, something like that. Yeah, I was working there for two and a half years, and I just sort of grinded. I just uh, I worked there basically full time, and and then on on video days I would make videos, and uh, and that was what I did. I just did that. I didn't really have much of a social life. Didn't really hang out with very many people. I, uh, I kind of needed to enter social isolation for a while just for myself and to kind of redefine who I was because I had no idea. And yeah, and, and occasionally I would you know, go to a YouTube event or something. So it's just I was just doing it. I was grinding it out. And I always had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to move to LA. In fact, I uh, that had been in the back of my mind since I left, uh, left the school that I went to. And, uh, and yeah, and so I just sort of built my savings account up. I just sort of did, did what I needed to do. And, uh, for my 22nd birthday, I flew out to, uh, to LA, flew out here for, for just a week just to, to be out here. Cause the only times I had been in LA prior to that, I had, um, only been here for like YouTube events and stuff. And I wasn't actually like in LA proper. And yeah, so I was out here for a week and when I was flying home, I kind of just had the moment. like, Oh, I got to do it this summer. I like, I have to do it this summer. So I kind of set the target six months out to say, this is when I'm actually doing this. And I'm just gonna do it, you know. I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna do it. And um, and it was very interesting because uh, you think driving across the country and moving to a place you've never lived before would be terrifying and just completely scary. But when it actually, when I actually was doing it, I was so not scared, like at all. I was just so at ease with it, and that's just because I think the way that I went about doing it lent itself to that. Because uh, when it, when generally when I get scared, I don't do things. <laughs> And so when I, when I got to uh, like July, 2015, the, the date that I had set, I, uh, I was just like, okay, it's time to do this. Like, and I was ready for it. It was time for me to do it and I was ready for it. And so it didn't seem like it was this huge leap because I was ready because I had prepared myself. And honestly, I look back on, um, on my process moving out here and a lot of people talk about, they're like, Oh, give you advice about moving out to, or moving away from home or whatever. And I was like, be patient, like, wait until you're ready. Like, I knew, there were so many times when I wanted to just up and leave. And I'm so happy I didn't because it, I don't know if I would have made it. I would have had to move home because it's just, you know, the way that it worked out for me. It just I came out here and I started I just picked up where I left off, essentially. And yeah, so I was just I was very ready for it. And uh, and I drove I, I was going to go with a friend. But then that friend had something, and she couldn't end up doing it with me. So I, I drove by myself across the country four days, and that four days, honestly, I look back with such fondness because I just uh, it was just me and my thoughts, me and my reflections. I was able to kind of put in context the entire process and just sort of you know see the see the country as I drove. I'd never done anything like that before, and um, and it was really awesome and it was really good and it was just a it was just a a proud sort of victory moment that i was able to experience
0: i have to say that one of the youtube videos of yours that i enjoy the most has to be the one that you made as soon as you moved there Um, yeah where you know you just seemed so happy and then it was as if you know it was a whole new chapter obviously because you had moved but it just seemed like you had a new lease on life you were so excited for what was to come and you get to la And, you know, from what it seemed, the video content became much more consistent. You did a lot of collaboration. I know you've done things uh, not only at VidCon, but with folks like BuzzFeed to continue to produce and expand your network. Talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about once you're out there, now you're in the fray and you got a whole bunch of people out there who you can collab with and a bunch of people who you can work with, but a bunch of competition as well. So talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, your journey to finding your personal brand, because that's also shifted a little bit over the years. And now it's very different from what it was a number of years ago. And perhaps the move out west contributed to that a little bit. But now that you're in the jungle, how (laughs) are you how are you adapting?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I look at everything that has happened to me. And uh, and I'm like, well, it's all going according to plan. Because uh, I got out here. I Those initial videos that I made while I was sleeping on a floor before I had my own apartment, it's like my pink cloud phase. I was just so happy. I was so ready to be out there. I, VidCon was right around the corner and I was just so pumped. And uh, and I did that and it was so good and I was having so much fun with it. And, uh, and then as kind of the months went on, uh, the reality of... Having to provide for myself, having to figure out where I'm living. I'm paying bills for the first time in my life. That kind of, that kind of all set in. And I actually like ran out of money last February. And, uh, and that was when I was like, oh gosh, I need to get a job, don't I? And, um, and I did. And for a while, I was working seven days a week, uh, three different jobs, just, just try and catch myself up financially. And so the art and the creativity kind of took a back seat for a while. And over the past like six seven months, I've struggled with that because uh, I, I I just I, I came out here to do so much. I came out here to be you know to expand to do more things, and uh, and all of a sudden I don't have the time to do that because I'm worrying about how I'm going to pay for where I live and all that kind of stuff, and um, and so it's 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 really interesting because I I started becoming quite inconsistent actually in the year 2016 with my videos. Um, which is a bit upsetting, obviously, but um, given the nature of my life, of course, that was my, my focus had to be elsewhere, and so you know, I, I come into this year. You know, I've been out here a year and a half. I think I've got myself solidly placed financially now. I, I do only have you know the YouTube and then the day job, so I'm not working seven days a week anymore. And now I'm kind of refocusing back on that expansion theme that uh, that I kind of dabbled in when I first moved out here. Because when I first moved out here, I was like, okay, I gotta do everything. Gotta do everything, gotta get my lay of the land, gotta just sort of dive into it. And you realize out here that, uh, yes, this is a city of millions, and yes, this is a city where everyone is is doing their own thing, and they're all making stuff, and it's incredible. Finding people who you vibe with is so difficult, Um, and finding people who are willing to work with you and, uh, and be on the same level as you. It's very, very hard to do. And that's hard to do anywhere, but, um, but it's also hard to do here and especially creatively. So I've kind of, in a way I am the way I'm looking at sort of 2017 for me, I, uh, I'm kind of, in some ways I'm looking back to move forward because, uh, in the last year, I, I didn't feel as creatively fulfilled. I felt that I was just sort of like, and I, I feel very rewarded about this, but I was looking at sort of the tangible sort of baseline things about my life. And uh, those things are going very well. I have great friends. I have a good job. I'm uh, I'm providing for myself. All of that's amazing. And I'm just, I'm so happy about that. But now it's trying to infuse the art into that. And the way that I'm looking back to move forward is I'm looking back on that period from like 2013 through, you know, like 2015 when I was back home and I would just work and I would just come home and I would make videos. And I was just creatively sustained by those two videos a week. That was my three meals a day. That was my basic sort of sustenance creatively. And so I'm trying to tap back into that energy. And also I'm trying to give myself some dessert as well by, uh, by expanding beyond just that base level creativity and just sort of dive into the things that I've wanted to do since I moved out here, um, right now, something that's speaking to me that I haven't really put anything out into the world in that regard is music. I've been connecting with a lot of people in the music community around here um, and around where I live, and I'm just so ridiculously inspired by them. And so that's something that is is uh, on the docket for me to try and expand into creatively something different, something that taps into a different energy that I that I bring in my videos. Um, And obviously I'm an actor as well. So, you know, any opportunity I can there, um, I just want to, I want to take, but, uh, but I think the most important piece of the puzzle is keeping consistent and making those videos and, uh, and tapping into that excited energy that I, uh, that I had when I first moved out here, when I was just so proud of what I had done and just remembering to have so much fun with it because I, you know, I look, I, I look back every once in a while, like I had so much fun. Where's the fun? Find it. And do it. And then everything else will fall into place because that's that's the model that I have employed my entire life. It's just work hard, do good things, be a good person, and then things will happen. And it and and they will find a way provided you work for it. And that's and that's what I'm trying to tap back into.
0: And now to have built the channel up to nearly a hundred thousand subscribers. I mean, that's been mm-hmm. that's been absolutely amazing to see. And I'm I'm sure there are are many who would like to build up a presence of that size or just a presence in general. And, you know, in terms of the, I'm sure you've seen plenty of examples of it, but in terms of one piece of advice that you would pass along to people who are trying to do it, I think you probably just ended up saying it there, but I'll ask it again. For somebody who is trying to build their own personal brand and maybe
1: encountering adversity of their own, what would you say? Just stay the course. Uh, Honestly, just stay the course. You know, uh, you're path to whatever success you're going to reach in life is going to be different than everyone else's you know the, the amount of times i've seen friends of mine who were smaller channels than mine and they have now blown up and they're they're killing it and they're doing amazing work um i've seen that so many times and i'm sometimes sitting here i feel like i'm like sort of down here like why not me and um and that's just such a toxic mindset to get into the comparison game you know allowing yourself to be happy for other people and not viewing them as competition has been key for me and just just staying my course because my course is different than anybody else's you know and and that's that's it's very difficult to do um it's really really hard because you know the nature of a game in which there are numbers involved it's going to feel competitive in a lot of ways but um but for me it's just about keeping my head down i have a two-pronged kind of View of my own life and my role in it and how I get to the things that I want. The first one is be excellent. And what that means is just do good things, make good things, just be a a warm, inviting person to every single person you interact with. Just be good. And it's hard to do that sometimes, but that's just the goal is to just be excellent. And the second one is to just let nothing stop you and just keep your head down and just stay the course. And with those two things in mind, it's just, you know, it's just a matter of time before things work out for you. And I have to believe that because that's what I've witnessed within my own life is that, you know, you just, you do the work and maybe the success comes in a form that you didn't expect. Maybe it comes in the form of something that was just completely the antithesis of what you thought you wanted out of your life. But, um, but if you feel it and if it feels right, roll with it and go with it. And I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you said, well, this isn't what I thought I wanted, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it's just, it's just, just stay in the course.
0: I think you're spot on with that. And you know, I know that you have witnessed it out there. I certainly have witnessed it with you. Now, I guess with sort of the last question of this, I would like others to witness you as well. So if there is a way for people to reach out and to find you, and I know where these are, but I want you to say them yourself, where can people find you?
1: you can find me on YouTube, uh, just Connor Manning. You can search that. I'll pop up. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, all that stuff. And, uh, all, all those usernames, it's just the letter A and then Connor Manning. <laughs> it's very, very consistent. But, um, but yeah, if people are trying to reach out to me, Tumblr's a good spot. Twitter's a good spot. I'm very accessible. I, I tend to, um, to see everything that's sent to me. Um, cause I'm not, you know, getting crazy noties at the moment, but, uh, but yeah, it would just, it's just YouTube is the the primary source of when I have something to release, I release it there. And so that's, that's sort of the main place you can find me. And I've, and I have recently, I felt quite good about what I've been making. And, um and I feel like I am tapping back into that sort of, that sort of raw energy and belief in myself. It wasn't that I was like, okay, maybe if I do this, I'll be successful. It's like, no, it's a matter of when for me, it's just a matter of doing the work, and then I will be successful. And uh, I'm trying to rekindle that belief because uh, the year of 2016, everybody has their own story. But uh, but for me personally, it was one in which my confidence was quite uh, withered. And so I'm trying to rebuild that. And yeah, so I would be awesome if uh, if you guys would join me on that little spaceship.
0: Yeah, I would encourage it too. And I'll leave all those links in our show notes so that it'll be easily accessible for you. Well, that's, that's about it for uh, the interview, Connor. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to yeah. continuing to watch you produce content and seeing what you can do. Uh, I'm expecting a big celebratory video at 100K. And yeah. I will uh, personally be out in LA hopefully in the next month or two. So I'll be seeing you uh, personally very soon.
1: Totally, yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: As Connor mentioned, you can find him all across social media and primarily through his YouTube channel, A-Con-Man. That's A-C-O-N-M-A-N-N. I'll leave links to all his pages in the show notes. Connor, I continue to cheer you on, as you well know, and I'll be seeing you soon, man. Thanks for coming on. To hear more inspiring stories of daring individuals like Connor, keep following To Dare is Human by subscribing to the show on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Leave a rating and review if you like what you hear and want to hear more. Likewise, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at 2 and also by email, 2 at gmail.com. That's all for this episode of the show. Thanks for tuning in and hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, I'm your host, Adam Connor. Have a good one, keep daring, and I'll see you later.